Good morning. <laughs> I wanted to, before we begin, just to quickly uh, let you know that there's a, a team that's in Haiti. It's actually going to be on, on its way back. Uh, and I'd like to, us to all pray for their safety. They went down from Rolling Horse. So our, uh, in the back of next door, there's a little bike shop there that's been going for a while, way of ministering. And so there's a team that's gone down to uh, Haiti to help drop off some bikes. And they're gonna, those bikes will be used by the local populace there. So if you can remember them in prayer and just uh, keep that in mind as we, we recognize that we as a church try to help support um, efforts like this as well. So... It's Christmas. What I love about Christmas is when you, when you think about what we're doing is every year celebrating a birth. We're celebrating a birth of someone whose life has made the biggest difference, the most profound difference for all of humanity. And it is a royal birth. It is the birth of a king. However, when you think about Christ's birth, it was probably like most births, a mix of joy, and pain. When you read the story, you start to recognize that it wasn't all happy at the time of the birth. There was a long journey that Mary had to make. All of you who have been pregnant, just think about long journeys. Imagine that long journey on a donkey through desert, over hills, if you've been a father, you might recognize, the, and you've, you've kind of been waiting and watching your wife. Imagine trying to take your wife through mountain passes when you're afraid that there might be thieves attacking any moment. This is the journey that they were on. And you're, you're on a, a large, long journey to a place that you've never been before, and you're pregnant. Not only that, when you, when you actually get to your destination, you finally arrive, you see the lights in the, in the background, you're like, yes, finally. And you're like, okay, it's time to check into the hotel. We're going five-star, Joseph. Can't wait to soak in the jacuzzi. You get to the hotels, and it's, sorry, booked, 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 booked. There's no room in the end. Feeling helpless? You're pregnant? So you finally find a place to rest your head, and yet it is in a stable with animals. Not clean. You have no family. Your mom's not there to be with you through this birth. Your cousin. Elizabeth isn't there. No friends, no family, no one. And you're kind of anticipating your child coming. And there's no health amenities. There's no doctors. I mean, you've already had like, an awkward situation with Joseph the whole time. Because he's had to deal with the reality that this isn't really a child from his bloodline. The birth of Jesus was not under the best circumstances. In some ways, I imagine the, the royal birth was a royal pain. 
And it's all very appropriate, I think, because when we start to take a moment to think about this, when we talk about searching for a king, and we're talking about waiting for a king, and we're on search for a king, we start to recognize that this is a lot like a pregnancy. We sing songs of joy because we're waiting for God, the one who came as a baby boy. And Jesus himself gives a beautiful picture when we speak of joy. He, he showed us that, that our type of joy is like childbirth. In John 16, he says, Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. This is the joy of Christmas. This is the joy of childbirth. Jesus is actually saying these words to his disciples while he's facing his death in the eye. He's looking at his death and he's saying, like, you're going to be crying for a little bit here. But I will come back and you will rejoice. And that's what our joy looks like. The joy of Christmas is not some idealized joy that's disconnected from reality. It is a joy of a family waiting for a baby. It is joy of a kingdom waiting for the return of the king. It's a complicated happiness of waiting for the joy that you're expecting to arrive. Right? It, it, it's, a, it's a joy that sustains through the pain. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Jesus tells us that we can expect to grieve in this lifetime. It will not be easy. You are going to cry in this lifetime. Some of you are probably feeling that right now. Christmas itself is probably difficult for some of you. You're going to show up and you're going to find out there's no room in the inn. You're going to discover that there's a mad king who wants to kill your baby joy. The harsh reality of darkness, though, it should not Push us to despair because God is there. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish. Because of her joy, the child is born into the world. I remember the birth of my son, Dominic my first child. And it, it was one of those times as a father, or a future father, I'm, I'm kind of excited, and we're waiting. We're waiting like two weeks. 
And then the doctor says, oh, you know, I think it's, we should do an induction. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about those. You know, I, I like natural things, but I'm realizing I don't know anything about any of this stuff. I probably should test the doctor two weeks in. And so Megan was induced. And, and that took a long time. And she was in a lot of pain through that. And it was hard being there with that. What do you do? Like, uh, basically, I'm just the person there who she can transfer some of her pain into my hand. But it's just not, besides that, you're just there to support. And I remember wading through all this, the extreme pain she faced. And at some point, they, they said, we have to give you an epidural. And she didn't want one. And that was hard in itself. It was, it was difficult. But it didn't stop there. Then they tell us, oh, no, that there's a cord that's wrapped around his neck. And his blood pressure's dropping. And, and they're, they're panicking. You can start to see, like, the one doctor was kind of a, a newish doctor. And that you can see the panic in her face. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Like, if she's scared. <laughs> and they went and got a different doctor. Eventually, they actually kicked me out of the room. So I'm waiting outside with my mother-in-law. I'm just like, I honestly, I thought, like, am I going to see my wife again? Am I going to meet my, my child? Will, will they survive? That was a traumatic birth. It was painful. It was hard. And I'm sure some of you have had similar experiences. We know that birth is hard. I saw an article this week just talking about traumatic births and the need for people to kind of report on them and talk about them so we can continue to make it less so. Birth is traumatic. And you know what? Our spiritual rebirth was also traumatic. It came with a lot of pain. Jesus looked at the cross and his death and was being tortured. It took a lot of pain on his part for you to be born again. Looking unto Jesus, it says in Hebrews 12, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus kept going through the torture and the sadness because he knew the joy that was right there. It's like an Olympic athlete is just pushing through the pain, the gruelingness of the duel, just because they, they can see the, the possibility of the goal. They're, they're pushing forward towards the joy through the pain. And that's even at Christmas time. Jesus reminds us there will be pain. But that does not get the last laugh. And you know what? Jesus was right. When I, when I read what he says here about childbirth, when I finally got the whole Dominic in my arms, when I heard that little cry, and it was placed in my arms, and I looked into Megan's eyes, and I was just like weeping tears of joy, I forgot. For that little bit, I forgot the pain that we just went through, the trauma we just went through. And I was so full of joy. Sure, it had been rotten, but I had forgotten. It was all worth it. And that's what we're hearing from Jesus. It's worth it. The joy set before you. I remember just hoping, I wish I could held on to that joy that I had at that moment with me and my wife and my young son. That joy, I wish I could hold on to that forever. But it went away, but new joys awaited. This is what Jesus says. So with you, now your time of grief is here. 
but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will ever take away your joy. That is the promise. Your time of grief is brief. Maybe today it feels like nothing can ever take the pain away. Jesus promises you someday no one will ever be able to take your joy away. It's your joy that is permanent. It is, it is a joy that is rooted in a historical event. It is a joy that is rooted in the birth of the king. But it's also a joy that is rooted in a future historical event. It is a joy that is rooted in the return of the king. The joy of the world is fleeting, isn't it? It, it, can, it can go away. The happiness that is afforded to us by our culture is temporary at best. Damning, at worst. And, and I think in some ways we've actually managed to make an idol out of joy. We set up a false king, which is pleasure. In our culture, we bow down to pleasure. We've even managed to turn Christmas into an event to worship pleasure. Right? Christmas is about buying happiness to our culture. Feeling good is our king. Children are waiting for presents, and when they get them, they can be happy. Adults are waiting for presents. Or the adults maybe are, are hoping they'll feel good when they see some kids smile because of the things they got. Either way, we wait for presence to fill the hole in our soul left by God's absence. And we prioritize our happiness. It has to be a happiness. But we start to realize, if you really think about it, happiness is found when you're not thinking about yourself, when you're not being selfish. The joy that comes during childbirth comes because a mother is thinking about the baby. She's sacrificing her pain for this joy. So what does it look like when we serve the king of joy with joy? Well, first of all, it starts by realizing that the joy that Jesus promises is, is a joy through pain. It is not a quick fix. It's kind of like shopping mall Christmas versus Christian Advent. You notice the instant switch that happens? It's scary Halloween, sad Remembrance Day, and then doing Christmas, 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 happy, joy, joy, joy. Be happy. Why are you happy? You're making me less happy. So our regular temptation is just to desire constant high of happiness. But our real joy is set before us. The glory at the end of the story. The true joy of Christmas recognizes that life is valleys and mountains. So this weekend I, I sat at the bedside of a, a wonderful woman 
in a hospice, and I, and I held her hand, and there was laughter and joy in that room, even as the specter of possibly the end was there. Just realize that this Christian joy is a joy that even looks at death realistically and sees past it to a life everlasting. The entire planet is actually participating in this realistic joy. It says in Romans 8, because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. The joy of Christmas is a joy that looks both backwards and forwards. It's a, a joy that groans, expecting a future joy. We look at the joy of the birth of a, a baby boy who is king. That's what we're doing. Look at the past. Like, ah, oh, celebrate. The king is born. Not just a human king, a divine king. We look at the joy of those who were there, and it excites us. But we're also looking at, at the future joy, the joy where there's going to be a birthday party for Jesus unlike any other in history. Where we're going to sit down, humanity and divinity together at the same table. And this leads us to our present joy. The joy we have as a gift of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is this gift given to us, the greatest Christmas gift ever given that enters into us and gives us a countercultural joy, a joy that is present no matter what the circumstances, a joy that is there because it knows the truth and that no one can take away that joy. Now, sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes it's difficult, but we recognize that we have that spiritual gift. And so this Advent, we, we celebrate Jesus' birthday. That's what we're doing. We're celebrating his birthday. And birthdays are a big deal sometimes, especially royal birthdays. This year, the Queen of Canada, Elizabeth II, celebrated her 90th birthday. And you know, I hope I get 90. I, I would thank God for that. And that is pretty amazing. And she spent, like, in 2012, there was like a celebration for 60 years of, since she was coronated the Queen but she's got nothing on Jesus. We are now celebrating his 2,000 and plus, plus, plus birthday party. Isn't that amazing? And he's not here with us physically, but we celebrate with him even in the absence of it all. It's kind of like when I was in England and my birthday came up. My parents still celebrated even though I wasn't there. And that's what we're doing, celebrating his birthday. We sing Hosanna to the, to the one who was riding on a donkey in, in a belly and also later entering as king. We celebrate the way they did 
two millennia ago. We thank God as we celebrate, just like Anna and Simeon did, that, that two faithful prophets of God who waited patiently and they were rewarded by seeing their king. How good it was to be his servants. Not only do we thank him, but we sing songs like the angels. We join in the, in the heavenly chorus. We sing glory to the newborn king of kings. One of my most favorite things is singing songs at Christmas time. We know the words. I hope you join us on Tuesday when we go out to Palermo and sing songs. It's, it's amazing the power of the Christmas carols. And when you listen to those words, the, the, they're saying the gospel. I can imagine, like, it's possible for someone to be walking through the mall, stop, listen to Hark the Herald Angels sing, hear the whole story, be like, that's the gospel? Drop to their knees and be saved right there just by listening to Christmas carols. Because it's such a powerful, powerful thing that we sing. We wonder, like the shepherds, how could one human baby cause all this heavenly commotion? How could we who are so lowly be given the opportunity to see the glory of heaven? We bring gifts like the Magi. And we, we realize how all of our possessions are his. And so we give them to God. And we give them to each other, realizing that it brings joy when we let go. And we gather and we laugh, like Mary and Elizabeth, because you know what? Joy is contagious. It spreads like laughter through a streetcar. I remember one of my favorite memories of all was when I was young boy, I don't know if I was 16, 17, uh, went to the movie theaters on Christmas Eve, and it was green, grass. everything was just no snow, no snow in the forecast, it was going to be not a white Christmas. And there was kind of a sadness about that, but you know, that's the way it goes. And so we went to the movie theater, and we went to see the movie Hook. Do you guys ever see the movie Hook? Robin Williams, the, one of the greatest movies ever. Uh, <laughs> because of this next experience. What happened was, the movie got out late, like after midnight, so it was actually Christmas, early in Christmas morning. And I remember when the door was open, and there was no one else, all the other movies had been gone out, it was only hook people that were there. And we opened the doors, and it was a winter wonderland. There was snow everywhere. And you could just feel the joy, like, ah, oh, there's just like this spark going on. And I remember like, there was this, this little kid who rolled up a snowball and like threw it and hit some old person in the back and like, what? And they turned around like, what? And they threw the snowball back. And all of a sudden, the entire parking lot was just filled with snowballs and people laughing and ah, oh, and total strangers just full of joy because th there was something magical at that moment. That's the joy of Christmas. That's the joy of Jesus. This thing that can spread through us as we start to get enthusiastic and just filled with the, the knowledge of the truth that Jesus is king. And so we shout for joy, kind of like John the Baptist did in the womb, right? Kicking, dancing in the womb. And we also wait 
We wait like Mary did. What does it look like to be led by a king of joy? It's to look to the birth even in the midst of the pain. It's to talk about what it's going to look like when the kingdom is finally here. Born. Returning. It's like getting the room ready for the baby. All excited and doing what we can, preparing, sharing stories of our joy and anticipation. It's to imagine the possibilities even while we deal with the liabilities. The grief of this world will not destroy our joy. It is a a joy that's made of the strongest alloy. The blood of Christ mixed with the water of baptism. Those two elements that were there at Jesus' birth were also present at his death and they are promised to us forevermore. So with this joy, may all of your gifts be employed. May you face the void realizing that you are part of an amazing Christmas convoy journeying towards your king. And we wait patiently for the day when we will no longer mourn and celebrate the day that the king of joy was born. Let's pray. Holy God, we celebrate the fact that you gave the ultimate gift of your son, taking human flesh, And we anticipate the day as he returns the king of glory to take his rightful place to bring peace and hope and joy. And so we ask, even for those right now who are hurting, struggling with difficult things, or it could be memories, it could be present circumstances, we ask, Lord God, that you would fill them with your spirit. May we, each and every single one of us, always remember the joy set before us. Even as we look at the birth of, of Jesus, let us remember that we are spiritually reborn and we are children who will have an everlasting life. Let us look to that future birthday party with great anticipation and love. And we thank you so much that you would deem us, your children, just waiting, looking at the crack of the door, wondering when we get to finally see the present of your presence. Amen.